Hey gang, it's your friendly neighborhood, Nathan Brandt. I am here to not put on a weird New Yorker accent and give you a weird esoteric ad that I just make up on the top of my head off the spot. That'd be weird. Why would I do that? I'm here to tell you that if you want early episodes, access to notes for all of the shows that we do, bonus content, and more, including exclusive merch, you can go to bigbone.zone, which is going to redirect to our Patreon. You can also go to pppoopoo.club. Join the pppoopoo club. One of the benefits is Patreon shoutouts. This week's include Stephen Mayfield, Spence, Nancy Konek, Nick Potter, Phantom23, Nene12715, Mara Camille, Hannah Kim, Jet Set Spy, and Pilnock. And also, before we get into the episode, I want to let you know that we do talk about My Hero Academia Vigilantes manga chapters. If you haven't read those, I absolutely recommend that you do. There's going to be a link in the description to the Shonen Jump app where you can get a free little trial and check out the chapters that we talk about. And hey, go read something else as well. One Punch Man, very, very good. That's enough for me in the present and newly past. And now I'm throwing it to myself in the semi farther distant past. Time isn't real though, so have a good day. Whatever that is. Previously on The Big Three. He justifies his behavior by noting the severity of like what the kids are doing. He wants them to face the cruelty that hero life often demonstrates. He says there's nothing crueler than letting a dream end midway. Aizawa, Midnight, Mike, and somebody that we've already met, um, they all went to UA together. Every character has like a backstory and I like I know why he likes cats and I can't talk about that. Hello and welcome to The Big Three, the show that recaps My Hero Academia episode by episode and delves into themes, trivia, and more. I'm your host, Nathan Brandt. I'm your host, Jessica Howard. And I'm Cam Koenig. Ooh, you said that so mysteriously. Oh, whoa. That's <laughs> me. If I if I had a supercut of every time Cam went, oh, in, oh. Every, in, in every podcast that we did, it would be... You could probably fill the length of one of our podcasts. Absolutely. Yeah. 1,000% yeah. just yeah. Cam going, oh. oh. <laughs> Y'all want that for fucking... 50 to an hour and a half like fuck i just want like a soundboard of it and then we can just do the my hero openings but yeah. it's just all yeah. <laughs> oh um also before we kind of get into this uh i will say i did whenever i was watching the single episode of this today um i did uh have a realization that i think uh music wise probably my favorite opening Ooh, me too i absolutely love this opening and it's 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 like it's top two. It's real good. Visually, it's not much. Visually, it's like fine. You know, yeah. it's the like, song is good though. The song is mm -hmm. good as fuck. Yeah, dude. Yeah, man. I really like it. It's it is the one that gets stuck in my head the most. Yeah. Um, and just like oh, fuck, man. It's just good. Yeah, Guitars are good, turns out. Yeah, dude. And <laughs> I'm a, I'm like, a slut it, it, for a good rhythm guitar, you know? Yeah. It, yeah. Oh, my God. Man with a Mission, it, it links up its drums and rhythm guitar yeah. in a way that's like really, really like rhythmically satisfying. Yeah. A lot of a lot of their other songs do that, too. They're they're great. It's a it's a good one. And it's like I'm glad that you said that it's the one that you like think i don't know that you associate because i it's for me it's this one or the like i keep my ideas or whatever or sure. I'm, like yeah, that yeah. one gets stuck in my head too and like somebody just says yeah. oh my hero opening i'm like that's the one that comes to mind but yeah. this one even though it's new is still like up there i think of it 
right off the bat. I've watched this season, this this half of the season through five or six times because of this show. And like I said before, I've, I have to get on the level with this newest season as I have been with all the other seasons. Mm. So I'm like really like turbo watching it a mm. lot. And like, I'm like, do I like this? Because I'm just... It's I've I've like Stockholm syndrome myself into liking this, but like Cam <laughs> Cam and Jesse saying that you like it. No, you like it because it's fucking good, Nathan. Good. Um, I like it because the band wears wolf heads on yeah. their on them, on them like they're Inosuke. It's not like a lot visually, but like every time like the logo of the show appears and it has like the twinkles in time with the music, I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good shit. But there is no ops. For manga, you, I guess <laughs> we, listen to music or something during it. I guess so. You, want, you can listen. You can you can make this manga's soundtrack whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> listen to ska music while you're listening to this podcast, everybody. Not very appropriate for the for the chapters. Ska <laughs> music can be sad. It can be sad true. as shit. That's true. That's true. That's true. Um, we're talking about My Hero Academia Vigilantes chapters fifty nine to sixty five. In my head. These lasted so long, and I was, like, so worried about doing these, but it it goes by so quick. I was done with these in, like, 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, not, yeah, like, not even. It's very, very fast. I'm like, shit, I could get used to this. Fuck. <laughs> don't become manga current. It's pain. It's no, pain. I, it's I, pain. I don't. I, that would ruin this show, actually. So yes. Being manga current is painful with any manga because you you read for, like days on end right mm -hmm. and you get all the way caught up and you're like oh no i have to wait a month for the new dragon ball super chapter <laughs> now <laughs> and so you then you read the chapter for i don't know three minutes maximum <laughs> and then you're like well back to the waiting minds <laughs> the waiting minds <laughs> I, it's so funny too because like they're so emotional a lot of the time too, especially like I I mean, I'm not manga current, so I don't know everything that's happening in uh my hero. But like I I see glimpses into things and like I keep my distance because I don't want to spoil everything for myself. Um mm. but like Andrew, every single Sunday morning when they come out or Saturday, yeah, I think it's Sunday morning. Yep. Um he'll be At like 10 a.m. Yeah, he'll be <laughs> like in the bed and I'm and I'm just like laying there, like still half asleep next to him, and I just hear him go like damn that was so good <laughs> it's, it's, it's just it's just like three minutes of him just like scrolling through his phone and then he's just like super emotional and serious and and i'm just like and then i'll get a dm yeah. from him like yeah. bro <laughs> this was the first time i've like read a manga in a long time the last time i read manga i was in like late elementary school holding like a physical copy of shonen jump Bro, I remember when you could back in the day when you could get a shonen jump. <laughs> it was uh, whenever I whenever I took karate, uh, there were some people there who like had subscriptions to Shonen Jump, and whenever they finished with the issue, they just like gave it to like the the school and like just left it in there for like people to read if they wanted to. So I like uh, read a lot of Yu Gi Oh. That's so. That's such a like distilled like memory. That's like as distilled as like going to a pizza parlor and playing a fucking arcade game. Like <laughs> it was weird because like uh, as far as like uh, pacify the children entertainment that were there. Yeah. Like obviously like if I weren't in class or like my mom's class would be after mine, then I would just hang out and there were like five or six like issues, just like random numbers of like Shonen Jump, and then also like a bunch of like pokemon indigo league vhs tapes <laughs> um i remember sitting there playing animal crossing wild world and like 
I have this like vivid memory of fucking Bye Bye Butterfree playing on the fucking TV next to me. I'm like, I can't do this right now. <laughs> we call that a juxtaposition. Yeah, no shit. Anyway, speaking of bummers, Nate, take it away. I was just going to say the last the last thing I was going to say was kids these days like don't slash won't have the experience of just picking up something in the middle of it and being like, I guess this is what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> this comic book. That's how I watched a lot of Dragon Ball Z. Exactly. Just yeah. like runs on Toonami, you know? Yeah. I, I started in the midst of the Frieza saga. Same. Yeah. Like as as a lot of other people did too and so like that i was going to lead into this with like we're starting with chapter 59 of vigilantes um so we start off with a phone call coming from midnight to erase her head she seems to have started a new job as a teacher she says that it's pretty fulfilling as she's brushing a cat who we will soon learn is sushi which is sushi. the best cat name so cute food names <laughs> and like real people names i think are the best names for pets and that's why your pet name is Juniper Applebee's. <laughs> so Midnight is like talking up this job so much to Aizawa. Like, it's so good. We get to hang out with kids and there's a lot of hope. And like <laughs> everything is really, really not gloomy. And you're not by yourself. Yeah, I was like, really? She just didn't want to be like health insurance, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you get those prescription eye drops. She was like three lines away from being like, yeah, this team really feels like a family, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh. I feel like that just so, you know, those uh, like diagrams that have been going around on Twitter is like knows what taxes does not pay them like i feel like it's like aizawa would be knows what health insurance is does not have it yeah yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> um she's like well present mike's working here too uh he just got a job i love the panel of like yamada and he's like hey yeah like, over top of him. <laughs> we then hear aizawa be like listen like we're not attached to the hip just because we knew each other in school like i don't have a lot of fond memories of school aizawa is pushing mike away like Big time. He mm. doesn't want anything to do with school, um, and we will see why <laughs> in a little bit, much less the exact school that he went to. Depression. Yeah, exactly. To 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 trauma kids. Yeah. Trauma, trauma, trauma kids. Turns out when the trauma kids grow up, they still got that trauma. <laughs> you hear that, Dad? Case in point. Us three. <laughs> Anybody who saw that man on, you know, episode three or whatever he you first see him and did not think that there was some trauma there. No, yeah, he's fucked up for sure. Like, holy shit. From the very beginning, he's like, I don't like it when kids die when they're at school. Basically, is what he says. <laughs> it's like, oh, really? Mm, really? Um, Tell me more about that. <laughs> Where can I get some um, reading about that? We then see Aizawa. Uh, he's like fuck y'all and hangs up because midnight got a little bit too close to the truth that he's being avoiding avoidant of his emotions here um and just kind of diving into work so then i <laughs> raise her head sees basically the big bad wolf chase after <laughs> two kids and a cat one of the kids is the protagonist of my hero academia vigilantes uh his name is the crawler that's his hero name his quirk is he can 
slide on the ground if he's got three points of contact on it. That's how that's cool. how it starts out. Great. And he's the protagonist, and his his hero costume is an All Might hoodie. Yeah, I, I was like, I don't I don't know who this kid is, but also I feel like for right now it does not matter. So. It totally doesn't matter because like if there's anything that I, negative that I have to say about this is that it comes out of fucking nowhere and then it goes back to nowhere yeah. afterwards. <laughs> um, it's a good thing it's so fucking amazing, or mm-hmm. I'd be like mad about it. Eraser saves the the kids and ties him up to arrest him and uh then it starts to rain um aizawa and the crawler are hanging out wondering what to do with the cat eraser head is like you got to make sure that it has litter and it has treats and then you have to pay attention to it and you have to get all the little toys that it wants and a scratching post and it, like he goes he you goes, have to pet it on the head and tell it that it is baby and you love this baby <laughs> <laughs> did you tell it that it was baby <laughs> uh those are all true by the way yeah exactly um, aizawa picking up a cat and saying your baby that's <laughs> very good to me <laughs> Um, oh, to be that cat. Anyway, <laughs> hope he sees this, bro. <laughs> so, and he, but he's not even looking at the cat, and you know, now knowing what his what's going on in his brain, you're like, oh, buddy. <laughs> oh, bud. Oh, oh. And I like how the kid even says, like, oh, you just don't like cats, and he's like, this this has nothing to do with how I feel about he's cats. Like, Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm just like over there wiping my tears like it doesn't. Hey kid, how about you shut the fuck up, all right? Uh. <laughs> so we get a little flashback to another rainy day, another cat and a younger eraser head looking at said cat saying that he's not all might and that he doesn't have very much power as a person. And I absolutely relate to eraser head being sad looking at an animal that they can't take in. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people are like, oh, look at this. You know, they, let's share images of pets in the shelter and like that shit will make me cry yeah i'm not even in a shallow way about it but like it'll make me way too sad just because i can't take them all in Mm -hmm. i just went to an animal sanctuary yesterday and i started getting emotional and almost wanted to cry because you can pay to like feed different animals and i was like what about the animals that people don't pay to feed as much (laughs) yeah (laughs) and i was like getting worked up and like that's not even pregnancy brain i get like that yeah sure am i pregnant (laughs) (laughs) it's so oh my god yeah i just was like I was just a mess. Anyway, yeah, it's, animals and like when you feel yeah. like I, I just want to adopt them all and take care of them all and um, yeah. Izawa gets to class and is soaking because he left his umbrella with the cat. He's in class two A, so he's a second year. Young present Mike, who is chef's kiss, ten out of ten in this mm, whole thing. Great, perfect. He gives him shit for being so gloomy. When they are interrupted by the subject of today's episode, Oboro Shirakumo, his hero name is Loud Cloud. He's literally just Goku and Luffy and Tai from Digimon and any other protagonist. He has the most shonen-ass fucking protagonist energy of any character I've seen in this show. It's really cool because that's another way that my hero kind of subverts the expectations for like a shonen hero, right? Mm-hmm. Like, because I feel like Deku is... is there's definitely traditional aspects of him, but he doesn't have that sort of like confidence and arrogance and like all those qualities that you typically see. Um, whereas like Loud Cloud 100% does and we see what happens to him and Mirio 100% mm. does and we see what happens to Mirio. And like, I feel like it's impossible to like read these chapters of the manga or even watch that episode and not be like, this guy is a lot like Mirio. Yes. <laughs> Yep, 1 billion percent. And then you go back and look at all of Aizawa's interactions with everybody, and it's like everything mm-hmm. he does is through this lens of Loud Cloud's loss. Mm-hmm. 
and it is like endearing and heartbreaking and funny and sad like it's it's it, yeah. it runs the whole gamut which is like it shows how awesome he is as a character and like uh my girlfriend boogie talks about how on on tiktok people say that people that like aizawa just have like daddy issues and stuff and she's like yes but also i like i like, I like aizawa because he's a great character and i don't think you can watch this episode 107 or, or read these chapters mm -hmm. and not feel for him and yeah. so it's like not it's not a shallow thing like just jokes about you know wanting to fuck him not even joking <laughs> probably who wouldn't but like it you you like him for the depth of mm. his character as well that's the thing if like if aizawa was just like an asshole who is attractive right like that yeah. that that only gets you so far like i'm not there's a million anime characters that are kind of like that that i'm not like super into but for me yeah. it is the fact that like he does have this caretaker personality mm -hmm. um in this heart of gold and these chapters chef's kiss they just they just show it off yeah but yeah loud cloud is based on basically every shonen archetype based off of monkey from journey to the west mm -hmm. right like it's he he has a fucking cloud that he rides on and has a pole and goggles and like collects he wears seven like dragon balls uh to grant yep. a wish uh he has a he has an orange jacket and on the back it has like a big uh either japanese or chinese character on it so it's like mm -hmm. very extremely yeah, yeah, just yeah. dragon ball it's hilarious because he's a hunk and he changes his out of his wet clothes in front of the entire class while using his cloud quirk to hide his his bits that was that was a good that was there that was pretty funny yeah but he does pull out his pussy from behind the clouds. Um, that is the cat right. that I. <laughs> that's, the All cat, right. that's the cat that Aizawa couldn't rescue. There's this awesome shot of Shirakumo, like with no shirt on, but his shirt draped on him and his like headband on with the cat on his shoulder. I'm just like, Kirishima would love him. Oh, like, one million percent. <laughs> he would have just been in the corner, like that's so manly. So manly. He like absolutely like if all three of like this crew ended up teaching at UA would have been Kirishima's favorite teacher. Oh, hands absolutely. Down. Oh, hands yeah. down. Aizawa says from the future that he wasn't even close to being himself yet, but little by little things began to change in the summer of my second year. There is a training exercise that takes place the next day. Um, Aizawa does not have his goggles yet, important to note. There's a battle training course, a rescue training course, and entertainment lessons, which is hilarious to just imagine Aizawa trying to entertain anybody. I'm just picturing him like just sitting there doing awkward stand-up. The teachers have a little meeting where they're talking about uh, all of the different students, and they say how Mike is useful in battle and entertainment and uh, rescue as well, and so he could probably fit in anywhere. But even more than that, Loud Cloud can definitely fit in anywhere um, because he's got that good, good, positive shonen protagonist attitude. This is the point of his character. Aizawa is the Bakugo that lost his Deku. He's the Sun mm -hmm. Eater that lost his Mirio, like for real, for real. And I love, it's almost like in Psycho where they, ki where they kill the main character and you're like, oh, mm -hmm. oh, well shit. Oh, okay, <laughs> so there's like half of this left. Where are we going <laughs> yes, from here? Exactly. <laughs> So the teachers talk about Aizawa and are like, he's like good, but I don't think he has a handle on what he wants to do here. Um, later, um, we later learn are called the three dumb egos are sitting on top of the roof um, with the cat that they rescued, which is apparently just pissing all over Loud Cloud because he doesn't know how to take care of a yeah. cat. 
They're talking about their developments and eating lunch and stuff. This is when we see the original costume version of Midnight, who is just wearing a couple belts. Ooh, yeah. Uh... <laughs> I love her. No, she's great. She's absolutely great. We see that like a long time ago in, in My Hero um, when she's uh, on that show with uh, Mount Lady. Yeah. They see that, that costume and they're like, this is the reason that there are laws in place. And we literally see that here. I like that in, in this, like not even like two pages later, it's just like, yeah, no, this, this, this changed. No. It's so, it's so fucking funny too, the way it's phrased too. Cause she's yeah. just like, I'm going to wear this and I'm going to change and open minds. And then it's like laws were passed before minds were changed. <laughs> yeah. Yep. yep. And it's that so was, funny. That was really funny. She's back from her work studies. And so remember work studies in the actual My Hero Academia anime have kind of been foisted upon the younger kids. This used to be like a year two and three thing. Mm. Um, so it is it's weird that the younger kids are doing it. She's like, what are y'all doing with this fucking cat? And they're like, I don't know. We found it. And she's like, what's its name? And they're like, I don't know. We found it. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, all right, it's called sushi now. I'm going to take it, but I'm not going to keep it forever because I won't be able to get a husband if I'm a weird, crazy cat lady. That's super not true. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> Ladies. Um, the next day, uh, Midnight shows up. And shows a video of sushi to the boys. She, it's a video of sushi taking a big shit. She's like, bro, check this out. Which is so I mean, cat -owner. like, Yeah, because like, <laughs> that means it's normal and you're psyched that it's healthy. Like, yeah. I've been there. Like, yeah. the first night I got Juniper, she was like so afraid of literally everything. She's missing a quarter of her ear and she's a rescue. Like she she looks like she's got trauma. Uh, yeah, like she was just like so afraid of like me and everything around her and I like had her litter box in my room and like she like went to the bathroom in the middle of the night and I woke up and I saw a poop and I'm like fuck yeah. <laughs> it was great. Yeah, poop. I, like texted Audrey I'm like she went to the bathroom. Let's fucking go. LFG <laughs> Let's go. Uh so yeah, no I that that that's relatable. <laughs> yeah. Midnight also offers a uh position at her boss's agency. Flash forward, we see some hostages being tied up at a business. By a clear reference to Majin Buu, which is very yeah, good. Yeah. yeah, I was wondering, because I was like, that just looks like Buu. <laughs> yep. It's great. Yep. The, Vigilantes has a bunch of weird callbacks, and like it's like there's like a cat bus in there at some point, too, it, like in other chapters. Like it's just it's a lot goofier. Um, and they can get away with having a lot of like one-off villains where it's like, haha, this is Majin Buu, except for smoke. Um yeah extremely good but majin buu gets interrupted by team purple revolution on the scene with midnight loud cloud and eraser head as the smoke villain tries to escape um he blinds aizawa with his smoke and is about to hit him with a fucking safe yeah when he <laughs> when, when he's rescued by none other than literally prince aka his purple highness which is very good just real good we never learn what his quirk is it's like the most the most jojo shit exactly yeah it's like if aoyama like had game sure is, yeah is yeah i can see that yeah <laughs> the villain gets away but uh his purple highness scolds aizawa more so for looking gloomy which is very very funny to me in the interim between running into that villain again we see uh aizawa and loud cloud in the locker room at ua talking about you know that failure of them being able to catch him and loud cloud is like oh well shit 
why don't you just use some of my goggles? Like, you, that's absolutely what we should be doing. And then they, they catch him next time, which is very good. Stuff moves really quickly in vigilantes. There are people that are watching um, as they arrest Majin Buu, and Loud Cloud smiles for them, and Aizawa tries <laughs> to smile. Um, but he's about as good at it as, as Aerie ever was. Yeah. <laughs> he's like... <laughs> he looked like he committed a crime. Like, that's the kind yeah. of face that he had. <laughs> the next semester starts and Aizawa has a copy of, uh, a permanent copy of Shirakumo's goggles because, as Loud Cloud says, we're marketing ourselves as a team. Uh, one of the classmates of Eraserhead says that he's stealing his idea from him, who started wearing glasses because he has like a Bakugo-style explosion quirk, and he's like, "I wear goggles because of my quirk, and I, uh, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a shonen anime fight right now." Tussle. <laughs> I do. I love the fact though that Aizawa, like obviously, like he's a smart guy. They even they they make reference to like, oh, like he has pretty good grades, and like he's doing fairly well. He just has no like direction or confidence yeah. basically mm -hmm. um but like this guy is talking about I was like yeah i realized like if i wear goggles it helps my quirk and i was just like fuck i'm that stupid <laughs> it's such a good line so they have the little fight they have a challenge just like if i win you don't wear goggles anymore and if you win you don't wear goggles anymore whatever the fuck it's it it doesn't really mean a whole lot other than the fact that loud cloud and Aizawa are starting to um, work as a team more. And so Aizawa is learning that he can fit into a team and doesn't have to be a lone wolf, basically. Almost like he made himself into a lone wolf after something really bad that happens to him. Who knows? Mm -hmm. um, Midnight shows up and uh, Loud Cloud invites her to join the agency as well. She declines because she's about to graduate and start her own agency where she's going to have young men waiting on her hand and foot at her palace, she says. Mm. She actually does have a brief stint of an agency before coming a teacher where her sidekicks are called the Midnight Boys, which is very good. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do love that uh, Shirakumo, too, is, is like, that's not a bad idea, actually. Yeah, it's like, okay, no, sure. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I'd do that. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, yeah. No, y'all hiring or? Uh... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm about to send my resume over. <laughs> Hope she sees this, bro. <laughs> Aizawa watches Mike, Loud Cloud, and Midnight goof off, and he smiles as the narration from the future says, the wind was whipping those clouds around. I believed that I was going nowhere fast but it felt like I was going to get swept away too. The sky I saw beyond the glass of those goggles seems so vast and open. Next, we see present Mike and the bully from class whose name is Mr. Blaster, which is very bad, but very good at the Just same time. Sucks. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what that type of guy would name himself, though. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that dude has not a fucking creative bone in his damn body, dude. <laughs> Um, Mr. Blaster is like, goggles are so fucking cool and I hate Aizawa. <laughs> like, President Mike is like, bro, stop. <laughs> he's like, you don't see this because you're in class B, but when Aizawa digs deep and finds his guts, he's he's a tough customer. And he's like, well, he should find his guts more often. And I'm like, are you just Tetsu Tetsu? This is horrible. Yeah. Stop this. President Mike is part of a hero agency uh, doing his internship. It's called uh, the hero team that packs a punch Buster Union. Damn, Kellogg's is about to use these people. Um, <laughs> for real, though, the group is headed after basically a kaiju villain who is wreaking havoc on the city. Um, there are seven heroes that are on like drones, which is wild. And uh, they use all of their quirks at once. They're all like 
force or beam or like that kind of power. Mm -hmm. Those quirks get absorbed by the weird frog guy and then redirected at them. And it, it looks like it fucking kills the lot of them, which yeah. is wild. <laughs> Meanwhile, Loud Cloud and Eraserhead are helping some kids cross the street with clouds, which is very, very, very cute. And it's it's sort of foreshadowing of what Eraserhead would be doing for his career as his leading kids. Mm -hmm. Loud Cloud says as much by saying, hey, you'd be pretty good working with kids like at a daycare or as a school teacher. Him as him at a daycare would be fucking hilarious. Oh my god, that'd be so good. Would be. Jess over here, just like, hey, can you babysit my child, Aizawa? Uh, <laughs> can he babysit me? <laughs> I need a midnight snack. Jesus Christ! Um, <laughs> the kids say goodbye, um, but they don't just say goodbye to Loud Cloud. They say goodbye away, so head, which makes him smile for real, which is very cute. Very it's so cute. I I, I did a little screenshot of that shit it was, it, was, it was really really good you could kind of see the trajectory that he would have had mm. as like a like a kind of spooky hero that everybody knows about but this was not meant to be loud cloud says like you get stuck in yourself and you second guess yourself and when you don't do that that's when you are truly yourself but what makes you a good person with you know kids and stuff is that you do overthink things and you're able to protect them and that's really cool just then midnight is like everybody get the fuck out of yeah. there <laughs> um because the villain from before is here wow who'd have thought um he pops up one of the balls on his back and explodes the power that he absorbed his quirk is sort of like all for ones where it just stockpiles mm. little little beads of of power that he can redirect little pimples of quirks it's it is very gross mm. yeah loud cloud is like a natural here though he finds the kids and he's like come on everyone evacuations are fun for everyone <laughs> i'm like uh it's not gonna be fun for you uh, um i mean you probably didn't really remember any of it so <laughs> <laughs> midnight says that um this is a dangerous villain that has already it already has a rap sheet it's a it's a murderer and has done property damage he's not normally like this though there is a subplot in vigilantes about trigger mm -hmm. um and it's supplying and and all of that sort of stuff um and so if you think about the third movie when the trigger bombs go off and everybody yeah, goes yeah, fucking yeah. crazy this is sort of like that okay. with this one guy okay. mm -hmm. just just to be like so is that a monster? Is that a guy? What is that? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and when he gets knocked out, he does return to like a semi-normal size as well. So his purple majesty jumps up to distract the villain, but he ends up getting blown away before we ever learn what his ability is. And I really, really wish I knew what his quirk was. Buildings are crumbling around the kids, but Loud Cloud is saving them with his quirk. However, having his eyes on the kids first, he doesn't have the ability to guard himself. And in the ensuing chaos, a large piece of concrete falls and hits Loud Cloud in the head. This also shattered the glass of the goggles that he was wearing. The sky that Aizawa once saw through those goggles are now black and stormy because it's starting to rain even more now. As Aizawa starts spiraling about what to do, because he's just, he's just, yeah, kind of Spider-Man. Um, yeah. No one else is around, and this villain has taken out, at this point, ten heroes. He gets broken out of this spiral by Loud Cloud's decoy gourd, saying, "You got this, Aizawa." Um, Aizawa says that he's not hesitating now, 
and his quirk is erasure. Whatever powers the enemy brings to the table, I can strip them and level the playing field. Aizawa was having a tough time negating all of the quirks that are stored up in there because he can like negate them momentarily, but there's like literally too many balls to juggle here yeah. for him to like keep up with. But there's minimal damage um, so that he doesn't, you know, kill children, which is very cool. He is like kicking away different like quirks and stuff like that and letting them explode and he's getting a little bit damaged in the in the meantime as well aizawa can do that as much as he wants though but this is basically a kaiju fight mm -hmm. so he starts spiraling again where he hears you can do it shota you're the only one that can protect everyone it's all right you can do it you've got what it takes after all i know for a fact that you're strong and you won't lose Aizawa jumps up and grabs some of uh, the debris around him with his capture scarf and throws it into the eye of the villain, causing him to disperse all of the saved up quirks at once. Aizawa captures all of them together and throws them into the mouth of the villain. Is this some Attack on Titan shit? It was tight as fuck. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that was, that was sick as shit. <laughs> these, like, these panels were so good. Oh my god. Yeah. It's just like... For as cool as it is to watch fights where it's like this like super powerful, like physically powerful being mm -hmm. like gets more and more powerful and like like watching Deku fight or even, like even Bakugo, like still super exciting. Right. Because it's constantly like pushing right. the limits and going where you've never gone before. There's something that's so fun, though, about watching. And that's why I love how how much my hero does these little like training arcs or like or competition art like where you can see all of the kids like yeah do this yeah. it's because there's so i don't know there's just so much value in the fights like this aizawa one where it's like it's not just brawn it's so intricate and like seeing how they have to think and seeing how mm. they have to like motivate themselves to do certain things and like that's yeah. why i like uh shinso so much too yeah because shinso is the same fucking way that's why Azawa likes him too yeah right? yeah exactly <laughs> it's like they are both you know able to level the playing field essentially but like then it's on them to like actually contain the situation and like watching yeah. that happen is so cool yeah and it puts a lot more emphasis on the brain work mm-hmm like you think about Mirio and how he has to like engage and disengage every square inch of his body to you know yes. do what he yes. wants to do. Um, it's not just punching. He's got to like zoop into the ground and come out at a certain angle and like punch through a child, but not hit the child, and then hit the other guy, but don't <laughs> let the hands hit him. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so there's so much going on, and it's a lot more than like big power man gonna punch you know mm -hmm. yeah it's a cool fight it made me uh, i i was reading it and i was like damn yeah i want to see this animated yeah i was really hoping that the that the anime was going to do this mm -hmm. for the end of the season instead of what it ended up doing not not instead of but i was hoping that it was going to get elaborated on a little mm -hmm. bit but it's it's totally fine um i'm hoping for a vigilantes anime at some point but we'll see that'd be cool yeah so he grabs all of the stuff, like I said, and, and forces it down the throat of the guy and he disengages his quirk and fucking kerplodes him, basically. Yeah, like, that was tight as shit. Um, so with the def the villain defeated, Aizawa's laying in the rain and screams uh, to Loud Cloud that he did it. Um, it looks like no kids were injured. His purple majesty is going to be okay. And so is the rest of Mike's agency. While debriefing, Aizawa says that it was a team effort, though, because his partner was cheering him on the whole time. He asks Midnight how um, his wounds are looking. She doesn't respond, causing him to say that they should get Loud Cloud to a hospital. Eraserhead notices uh, Loud Cloud's speaker and says not to forget that when they leave, because that's what ended up helping him. And Mr. Blaster picks it up and is like, this this shit is totally busted. Like, I don't know, this wasn't working at, at all. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and so it turns out that that piece of concrete that struck Loud Cloud instantly killed him, which is probably for the best. Yeah. In the ensuing chaos, what Aizawa thought he heard was his own inner motivation of the voice of Shirakumo to get the job done. The good news is that Eraserhead was able to defeat this villain on his own, but the bad news, of course, is that he had to do it on his own because Loud Cloud is gone. The rain picks up, Midnight tells the boys to get inside because she doesn't want them getting sick, but President Mike, who had previously made fun of Aizawa for being soaked in the rain and giving a gloomy disposition, says that they're good with the rain. Kind of fits our vibe right now anyway. Eraserhead thinks back to all the interactions with Loud Cloud in the previous chapters as the rain continues. One year later! Uh, it is almost time for the sports festival, and as much as I would love to see Aizawa in the sports festival... God, Sam. Um, God, Sam. He's not, <laughs> mm. not going to participate in this one. He's been getting as much sleep and training as much as possible so that he can be his own one-man show. Aizawa fights Mr. Blaster again um, and gives him the advice like, hey, stop using goggles like this because... Like, if somebody gets in close and breaks it, you're going to ruin your eyes. This is why he has those slats. Before, I, I I wondered if his power can work through glass. It can. We see it many times yeah. in these in these chapters in the, the episode that's about to happen, that it, it can work through glass. So the teachers are talking about Eraserhead again, and they're like, well, it's the final year for him, and he's done really good. But once he gets enough for a passing grade, he does not do shit he phones it in which i can relate to because i did the same thing yeah hell yeah C's get degrees That's right <laughs> there's a really hilarious image of him just doing like a charlie brown dance segment <laughs> in the entertainment <laughs> class which is very good god damn it this is another reason why i really want this to be animated so ever since loud cloud passed a year before he hasn't really focused on the academic part of his hero academia um as much as he just wants to train he rents out Jim Gamma all the time and trains pretty much all day as President Mike sits near the entrance. When it's time for graduation, um, he wants to start his own agency right away, which we will later learn is near Ms. Jokes. His teacher tells him to give more thought to his future and not to jump into, you know, this rough of a, a job immediately. Aizawa says, I'm supposed to be an independent underground hero. That's That's who I'm supposed to be, which is like heartbreaking because it's not, mm -hmm. right? Like mm -hmm. he's supposed to be part of the three Domigos, right? right? He's supposed to be part of a team, but he's forced to make sure that he is all that he needs in any given situation because he knows that anybody can bite it at any moment, mm. right? Yeah, you really see how, you know, and it's like, it's a typical thing when you go through something traumatic, right? Like you begin to think like, how can I control every variable in my life to make sure I never get this outcome again? Mm -hmm. And so yep. like, that's very much the logic that guides him going forward. And that's part of the reason why he's so controlling and hard with like all of the kids, which we see more in the episode and we'll talk about, but like mm -hmm. that a lot of like his policies, a lot of like what he's notoriously like famous for, as far as like being a hard ass at school, it comes because he had to go through this whole experience and now what is the most important fundamental aspect of being a hero, what is most important to him is making sure that there is no room for error because error is what caused his friend to die. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because he kind of ends up resenting loud cloud for dying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
as we learn in the episode, like he's he's like, I don't want anybody to end up like you. Like you you fucked up by dying <laughs> as if like he had any right, choice right. in the matter. But like he wants to make he says later he wants to make sure that nobody chooses justice over their own well-being. Like Aizawa is all about saying that things are rational or not, right? And like this is where it comes from. He's like very boiled down to base survival instincts. Mm-hmm. Um so on graduation day, it starts raining again. President Mike yells to Aizawa to get in on the graduation photos, but as he yells, his quirk gets erased. Uh, Aizawa waves, and he's done with his obligations to be in school. Diploma in hand, he dashes off. What we see next is a group of photos showing what he's been doing in the interim between then and now. His apartment literally is just a sleeping bag and a suitcase. Fucking hilarious. Yeah. Just an empty room with mm. one suitcase and a sleeping bag in it. Very, very good. And it's like him training and his hands are getting all bloody and stuff like that. Back in the present, the rain stops. A racer head says to do right by the cat. There's an ongoing joke of the protagonist of Vigilantes, whose name is the crawler, being called the cruller, like the kind of donut <laughs> FYI, which is extremely cool. good. Because he's just down on his luck the entire time. And so that's why everybody's calling him the crawler oh, <laughs> in, the, in the next good. couple pages. Um, him and a little group of people that he's amassed that are cool with him being a vigilante in their neighborhood have um, started a restaurant and invite Aizawa for a meal. Aizawa thinks about the rooftop crew and their similar camaraderie as uh, one of the restaurant folks is like, oh my God, that cat looks just like one I had as a kid, whatever, whatever. Aizawa thinks back to on the roof talking about like, how he was very, very adamant that their agency have a cat tree in it and have a bunch of stuff yeah. for, for sushi. <laughs> Seeing that this restaurant crew is going to take care of this new cat, he's he's satisfied. And he's like, well, I also want to take sushi back from Kayama, who is midnight, because it's not fair to leave her with the responsibility, which is like, again, heartbreaking, because as we see at the very beginning of these chapters, she is still the owner of sushi. Yeah at this point because i'm sure aizawa wouldn't want to you know get too close to a thing that could you know get hurt and die again Mm -hmm. um he's he is a loner i do think it's sweet too like i I just i love midnight but like the fact that like you do see her at the very beginning playing with sushi and like making no comment towards Aizawa like hey I still have this cat or whatever. yeah this fucking yeah. cat yeah <laughs> yeah because like you know that she gets it and like she wouldn't want to I don't know make him feel obligated to like take this cat like oh you know like I said I can't right. believe you dumped this thing on me like she doesn't mind and she knows that it's hard for him and I just I adore her she's yeah. a very good friend she's to him. great yeah uh, Aizawa was like, looks like uh, a cat cafe would be a good idea. Um, and he's like, you guys are going to be okay. I'm going to leave. Um, but I'll, I'll come back and visit the cat cafe later, which is like very, very hilarious to think about him just being like, yes, I'll have a table for one at the cat cafe. Yes, I'll, I'll have a macchiato. <laughs> thank you. Um, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, there's the fanfic I need is like Aizawa and cat cafe owner. Literal coffee shop AU. Yeah. i really do like the touch of that what the thing that makes him remember how good he is with kids and how good he is at taking care of things that need taking care of is seeing this new cat and remembering at this moment how he's basically abandoned sushi again and in the most recent op for my hero we see a shot of present mike Eraserhead and Sushi outside of Tartarus, where we're going to be going for the one episode that we are going to be covering on this episode of the podcast, which is episode 107, More of a Hero Than Anyone. I have a line that just says, 
Okay, here we go. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Starts out super cheery, though. It is the new year, and the kids are back from work study. Ida tells the class, What we're going to be doing today is what I learned on my winter break. We're going to do a presentation of everything we've learned. He's like all loosey-goosey now because of manual. The dub is so funny because he's like, Hell yeah, baby! <laughs> <laughs> he's like, It's the only way to live! Yeah, it's so good. Uh. <laughs> I'm fucking vibing! Don't at me! <laughs> this man tried weed one time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I smoked reefer. Oh man, I adore that. It's extremely good. I just know too. Like Tanya was a hundred percent the kid growing up who would have been who would have been like, did you know that you can overdose from marijuana? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Just like. <laughs> and Baka goes like, no, you can't. I've tried. <laughs> 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 but he has he has a, he has a cooler vibe now. He's less of a hard ass. And speaking of hard asses, Aizawa shows up and is about to scold the kids. But it's not necessary since he does apprise them of the schedule already, Mister Aizawa. An auspicious New Year to you <laughs> and to you, sir. <laughs> Uh, just then, the principal calls Aizawa in for a little meet and greet. In the locker room, Uraraka details her new costume item, the her new Uraraka wrist, which, like, you, you can come up with a better yeah, name than that, bud. Yeah. Um, it's got cables in it, like Black Whip, in case you missed the anime-only episode where this was debuted. So while the girls are talking it over, Deku's Christmas gift falls out of her belt. Mina is ecstatic. Just she has like a fireworks. Losing her fucking mind. Jumping up and down and like screaming and shit. Because while it's confirmed that she's never been in love before, Stan and Aero alien queen, she loves when others are in love, which is very cool. This was in the uh, Ultra Analysis book. It just like weirdly says that like, She's never been in love before. And I'm like, that's super yeah. weird. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. That, Whatever. Yeah. She's aromantic. Yeah, Hell yeah. So all of her teasing was like more of like hopeful for herself than it mm. was bullying Uraraka. This trinket is a All Might figure with the word Netsuke written on it. I said I was going to talk about that a little bit um, when it was first brought up. Those are like special keepsake brooches, basically, kind of like jewelry things. And this is just like a little like doll of All Might with like shaky writing that says Natsuke on it from Deku when he was a kid. And so I was talking to our mutual bud Ian about this because um, he lived in Japan for a period of time and is fluent. And I was like, is this like, what's the deal with this? And he's like, it's basically the equivalent of writing jewelry on a tech deck. <laughs> Like it is, it is, like, it is, it is basically like, this is not fancy, but Deku as a kid was like valuable. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's really fucking cute. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah, that's, that is adorable. Yeah. I'm glad, so I looked it up too, cause I was curious. I was like, what does that mean? Cause it does pop up and makes like a big deal of it. And yeah, yeah, I guess it's something that traditionally like women too would wear like in their kimonos. Um, mm -hmm. It's like a talisman that you would hang on and like keep close to. So like mm. it is very adorable that Deku was like, that's not its intended purpose, but I'm going to write that because I want you to have this close to you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and he, he wrote it as a kid. He wrote this as a kid, I think, for his oh, mom. Because oh, that's cute. Because we, we actually see this in one of the first episodes. It's sitting on a key ring at their house. Oh, I didn't even know. That makes it even cuter. Like, I know. I, I know there are some people, I don't even remember, like, what 
movie or show or whatever I was watching, but like there, there was there was like drama because one of the characters, right, like gave this girl that he liked something that was like a family heirloom, but it was like really ugly and awful, and it turned into this whole thing because she was like, "Why would you do this?" Because it was mm-hmm. cheap and like right. you know this is from your family and it's ugly and it's not my style. But it's so cute. Yeah. And like Ducky yeah. was totally the type of guy who would do that, and I think that shit is adorable. That's adorable. Like. Short King, just keep winning. (laughs) Shout out to Deku. And and again, like, I don't know for sure if they are actually romantically inclined to each other. And I don't think it matters or or at least it won't matter for a very long Mm -hmm. time. Um, Because one, that's not what the show is about. And two, they're kids. And so I don't really care. Yeah. Um, But uh, like at, at, at bare minimum, she's keeping it close to her as like a talisman of like this youthful um spirit of admiring heroes which is really cool Mm -hmm. it was also a white elephant gift too right so like i think that it nest it wasn't or or was it a secret santa i don't remember what they did it was a white elephant situation which is i was actually gonna say is like the only it's not a hang-up with it i'm just like bro what if that ended up with like minetta or bakugo (laughs) or like ida or whatever like they wouldn't give a shit about that my guy but Mm -hmm. nate let me tell you about this cool thing called narrative i know exactly (laughs) exactly Exactly. no i I get what you're saying it worked out and i i think more than it saying anything on behalf of deku as much as like we can interpret it that way and be like oh he's so cute blah 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 like it just it says a lot about Uraraka and yeah. how she feels about him. The fact that, like, right. it is this, you know, I don't know. You've all, everybody's had, like, a crush on somebody, like, especially, like, a friend or something like that. And then they give you something and it means, like, oh, yeah. 500 times more than what it actually means because they gave it to mm-hmm. you. So it's yeah. very cute. And it's, like, and also the parallel of, like, it being something that traditionally, like, women would have kept on their formal wear. And then, like, she keeps it inside her superhero outfit yeah. because that's mm-hmm. what she wears and what's special to her. And, like, represents her at her best that shit's cute yeah, it's good and she does like a fucking kill bill fight choreography thing to pick it up off mm-hmm. of the ground, which is like very good <laughs> cut to the boys locker room though where everyone is talking about black whip deku is like it's not much but it's strong and bakugo throws a f- his fucking bomb ear thing at deku and in japanese <laughs> He said, <laughs> Sato, instead of saying, is that his brain matter leaking out? He's like, that is cerebrospinal fluid. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> and then the next shot is him just being like, so the key is to keep, make sure your body. Him walking with it still stuck in his fucking head was so funny. <laughs> like that still would have been a good bit. If even if that just like they just like, OK, it's just not there anymore. Fucking whatever. It's a cartoon. Uh, no, it was, I'm happy they doubled down on that. <laughs> Later on, the kids are entering ground alpha to show off their new moves and stuff. Like I was saying, when they're interrupted by All Might, who says that he is the symbol of sweets in English. In Japanese, he says it's so fucking funny the way that he says it, too, because he's like pointing at his mouth and it's like very like clap emoji like in between every syllable he's like watashi ga kita watagashi kita which means i'm here with cotton candy in japanese and it like it rhymes in japanese and it's like most of the same words but that's good re like letters like rearranged to to be that i don't know i'm fine and dandy with cotton candy it's like don't you get it it's similar to what i said i spent a ton of money on this gag you guys (laughs) big big like cam with a slide whistle energy listen i spent money on like all my like this this would have he absolutely would have been my favorite substitute teacher in high school 
you know, because he just like showed up and had like just a weird, stupid bit that was stupid and harmless, but like charming also, but like not funny yeah. at all. Even in English, he also said, like in Japanese, in English, he says, hey, guys, <laughs> just like so good. But before he can take this bit farther, the kids are like, where's the racer head? And All Might is like, he's uh, he's having a bad day, probably narratively. <laughs> and boy, is that right? Yeah, no shit. Which I something else that I appreciate, too, with his whole cotton candy. It just goes to show you how All Might is, because like even though he is not doing hero work, right, like he still has to be that guy who spreads joy mm. because yeah. like he knows I'm sure that he knows like the situation or the gist of what's happening or has been briefed to a certain extent that like, yes. you know, or or like even saw Aizawa and Mike on their way out. Right. Like looking distressed and like clearly knew something very bad was happening. But he takes it upon himself to be like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to fucking give these kids cotton candy. And we're just like, not going to think we're about it. And I'm vibe, not going to make this. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, I'm not going to make this awkward for Aizawa. And be, you know, so he has to like come back to this class of like kids that are, you know, I, I don't know. He's just like, he's just doing all my stuff. So your boyfriend's dead, Mr. Aizawa. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he sure um, is. He's just, he's always keeping that smile on, you know? Yeah. And he's like, oh, shit, I got to go to Home Depot and get a fucking cotton candy machine. I'll be right back. <laughs> he has big stepdad yeah, energy, yeah. honestly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel like right now he's absolutely class one is divorced dad. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like more more than stepdad. Yeah. He's like, I Googled Bionicle for three hours yesterday. Do you have this one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's fine. Thanks, I guess. Oh, man. Um, Jesus Christ. Uh, so we cut to present Mike and Aizawa in the back of a car. Aizawa's like, can't this thing go any faster? And and Mike does the first of like three things where he puts his hand on Aizawa and is like, calm down, stop. <laughs> like, you're too crazy right now. Calm down. And Aizawa's like, I literally just said, can we go a little faster? And Mike is like totally projecting and he's like, yeah. calm down, calm mm -hmm. down. You're, you're so do wild right now, such man. A good shot, <laughs> such a good job with just that part of being like, Oh, they're mega not okay. Who uh, boy? Yeah, because you see Aizawa being upset, and you're just like, you know, like okay, something, yeah. yeah, something, something <laughs> bad's happening. But like this man, Mike being upset hits. Yeah, but Mike, oh my god, yeah, you see Mike upset, and you're just like, oh shit, okay, what are, where are these guys going? Mm -hmm. What's happening? This is why after the um the joint training arc, when present Mike catches up with Aizawa, he's like. Oh, that little gloomy emo kid reminds me of you when you were when you were younger. Or is this about Shirakumo? Is what he says like a long time mm -hmm. ago. And like that was the first hint of like, so okay, so nobody's over this at all, right? Like <laughs> you know, like everybody is everybody is wicked mm -hmm. sad about losing the protagonist of their anime. So they arrive at Tartarus, the prison where all for one, stain, overhaul, muscular, and Kuragiri are. Kuragiri is a is the prisoner of interest today, though. Sukauchi meets with the teachers and apprises them of the situation. They talk about the nature of Nomu and how even though they're dead, they still are sort of who they used to be a little bit. Some aspects of their personality do remain. High End, that fought Endeavor, his name was Hood, which is very funny because they call him a hoodlum in Japanese and mm -hmm. English. Mm -hmm. Sukauchi is looking haggard as fuck. I don't know if you guys noticed how sleep deprived he looks, but that dude needs a fucking nap mm -hmm. or like 12. That doesn't get better. I kind <laughs> of had a feeling. 
he has a beard now. <laughs> oh, that kind of not better. Got it. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's way worse. Oh boy. Oh, yikes. Uh, um, thoughts and prayers. Uh, Grant Torino is also here. Um, seeing as how he's the one that's like been working with Suka Uchi on this entire fucking situation from the Gigantomachia incident up to here. And Torino is like 10 million percent a good guy and he can be trusted with this. So Tsukuchi is going to take advantage of that. The group view Kuragiri in his cell. He's talkative with the guards about simple, trivial stuff. But when he is asked about the league or anything, he fucking shuts down like a fucking cheap CRT. Like it's it's no good. The reason that Aizawa and present Mike have been asked to come here today is to talk to Kiragiri because they have figured out that Kiragiri is a Nomu and the body and the base uh, quirk that shrouds his body in that smoke belong to their old classmate, Oboro Shirakumo, AKA Loud Cloud. Mm. In the sports festival arc, I said, hey, actually, Aizawa went to school with present Mike Midnight and somebody we've already met before. Oh. I was talking. I was talking. <laughs> start, start oh. mm. I was talking about. I was talking about Kuragiri. I, I try to sprinkle in little things like that for people that already know where things are going, and I do get DMs a lot of the time, just like "fuck <laughs> you," <laughs> which is extremely that's really yeah, funny. That's good. That's good as hell. Yeah, <laughs> I, it, it lets me know who is like already watched the show and is like extremely paying attention to the podcast, which is very good. Thanks for listening. <laughs> but I didn't. I don't do this stuff just for like cheeky writing things. I, I really want to drive it home that like Aizawa has always been planned to be this and this backstory was always planned and Kuragiri was always going to be a Nomu mm -hmm. like this uh, something that I think a lot of good writers implement is they will introduce one thing and explain it and so you focus on that thing but they the, the author doesn't tell you yeah, I did it. I, there's there's actually two of these things happening at once. Like they bring up the Nomu and you're like, his name is Nomu before yeah. you know that it's like a kind of zombie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you don't even have it in your head that there could be another Nomu there or that it could talk or right. whatever. But if you if you analyze how Kuragiri is, it's like, oh, yeah, he's like fiercely loyal to Shigeru Tomoraki. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like um, and so. It's it's such a like a brilliant writing thing of just like yeah there's two Nomu there but I just didn't tell you that the other one was <laughs> and it's like you can go back and figure it out though um, we then see a callback to the second OP only instead of Deku it's a racer head and I love that Mike is still in the same pose like when the camera like pulls back and like Mike is like leaning forward and stuff Aizawa says that once we were trying to become heroes uh, together uh, and from here it's a brief summary of what happened in Vigilante so I don't want to like go over it doubly mm -hmm. but like. It's so awesome to see Shirakomo in motion and in color and voiced in both versions. Yeah. In both versions, he sounds like Mirio. He, he like, does. He super does. Yeah. It's not the same voice actor, but it's like the same kind of like, haha, it's okay yeah. kind of a voice that he has. He really do be having Mirio energy I have in my notes. Mike says like, none of this makes any goddamn sense. And like in, in Japanese, Torino is like, Calm down, DJ, is what he calls him. It's like, whoa, shit. He's like, why Why would our friend be a zombie? Why would any of that happen? This is this is not making any goddamn sense. 
and then we see a flash of all for one that's like i steal shit from ua all the time because it's like i'm a fucking dog under the table of a five-star restaurant this shit rules such guys, a good <laughs> fucking analogy mm-hmm. oh and then the thing with the wine that he talks about later i absolutely like i know he's a motherfucker i love listening yeah. to that dude fucking talk dude mm-hmm. the riddler could a- never <laughs> I know. <laughs> he's like he's like the Riddler, the Joker, yeah. and Lex Luthor, like it's, all at yeah. the same time. He's got the monologuing down. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh my god. Yeah. If I was alive for two hundred years, I'd probably be pretty good. At also, it just like <laughs> surface level. Every time I see the fucking like skin over his eye holes, freaks me out every fucking time. That shit's nasty. Yeah, because mm-hmm. he doesn't have eyes. But like, how does he know what's going on? Like, it's so yeah. like. It, it it makes my skin crawl and his theme with the opera stuff. It's totally mm-hmm. like like one percent away from being a little cheesy, but it's not. Yeah. I, I feel like it would not land if he was just prone to fits of like maniacal laughter. Exactly. And he never, ever does that kind of shit. He just like does the thing and that's all you get. And I'm like, fuck, yeah. Yeah. The, I mean, there there are theories that he's this he's really this character or he's really this other character or whatever, or he's. He has some other sort of origin where he's somebody of note, but like, I I think, and it, and it's also been said elsewhere too. Like, I hope he's just some motherfucker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I hope that he's just like a metaphor for capitalism, yeah. and like he's just somebody who found out he could do this, so he did do this. Mm-hmm. You don't need it to be somebody important. It would it would take a lot of that stuff away to have it be like, oh, well, it's also tied up with this other person and all of their like interests and wants and stuff like that. And it, yeah. 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 Don't Star Wars it, please. Thank you. That's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, not. Yeah. Not everyone needs to be a Skywalker. Yep. <sighs> Present Mike is like, what the fuck is going on? And Torino is like. Dog, if you look for meaning with this motherfucker, this rat bastard, this bitch, you're not going to find it. He's just a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's just an <laughs> asshole, dude. You could say he's he's the motherfuckest. He is the motherfuckest. Because when he does his wine monologue, he's just like, I just want to keep savoring those delicious notes. I'm like, yeah, bruh. Yeah. <laughs> Stop it. You good, you, good, you good over there, bud? Like, <laughs> No. And yes. <laughs> Aizawa still doesn't really believe it, but Torino is hoping for a miracle here. Um, Eraserhead and Mike enter uh, Kurigiri's cell. Um, Aizawa is like, so does Loud Cloud's family know about this? And Tsukauchi is like, we're going to get at them if, if you fail today. And Aizawa's like, well, fuck. Okay, I'm going to do it then because mm-hmm. there's no way in hell that his family is going to learn what he's been turned into. Which, God, and just, like, especially mm-hmm. going off the manga and, like, and jumping to that and, like, oh, yeah. I mean, even when I just watched the episode without the context of the manga and so I thought, like, just the way that he, he's just so protective and he's so good. But he still mm-hmm. resents him, too, yeah. right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, at any time you can have, like, a complex character or a character that can hold two ideas that are conflicting at the same time is, like, so special and rare, but... My hero has that in spades, and that's what makes it. That's part of what makes it so special to me. Yeah, it's good shit. Um, so Aizawa engages his quirk and doesn't really do anything to Kuragiri because he has like he has at least two quirks. I have no idea how his mix of quirks ends up being warp gate, mm-hmm. but some manner of that just is like sort of like how Hagakure just 
am invisible and like Sue just am a frog. Mm -hmm. He just kind of am Smokey Boy. Yeah. So Kuragiri wakes up and he's like, Oh, hello, gentlemen, you're little stinky bitch boys. (laughs) (laughs) He's basically like, good morning, soy boys. Oh, hello, cucks. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Remember, we did say that he's a gamer gator. We did, yeah, we super did. (laughs) This all tracks, unfortunately. (laughs) Based in red pills. I've been in prison for so long. Are there any new amazing atheist videos out? (laughs) His one request is uh, the weekly feed for Joe Rogan's podcast. Yeah. (laughs) How's (laughs) JRE? I heard he wants to talk to Elon Musk. He doesn't deserve to know. He's just going to go fucking ape shit. <laughs> Nobody deserves to know. Yeah. I wish, I wish, I, God, if I had a time machine, I could go back to before I knew who Elon Musk was. I'd be a happier them. I feel like Karagiri would have like a framed picture of Elon Musk smoking that joint on the Joe Rogan experience, but like unironically. <sighs> Karagiri has a tattoo of Pepe the Frog. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, fuck. Uh... But he's cordial, if not a little bit snarky. Libertarian ass. I know. He's like, uh, I'm just being devil's advocate, bro. Uh, It's just a prank. It's just uh, a prank, bro. Um, He's like, so how's my boy Shigaraki doing? And President Mike is like, I don't fucking know that dirty, (laughs) crusty bitch. Fuck you. (laughs) Get his ass. I love President Mike so much. (laughs) He's, it's hard to watch him in this scene. Yeah, man. Because mm. like he is he is like just kind of snapped like he, he super can't deal with it. Yeah. At all. It's it's really hard to watch. And his his quirk is projecting his voice and he's projecting. Yeah, here too. totally. Like his whole his whole thing is like is right now is just like everybody's got it wrong. Everything's everything's fine. And then he like looks over to Aizawa and like the music starts, mm-hmm. which is extremely good. Another like awesome thing that good like visual medium does is they don't just take the music made for the show and just insert it where it needs to go. Like they'll take the stem of like and they'll like loop that right and just make the like tension build and build and build and build and it's so effective. It's real good, here. yeah. Oh my god. And this this is a song that we've heard since I think season 1, mm-hmm. but it's like a different um arrangement of it almost because of how it's structured. Kuragiri though is like I take care of Shigaraki because I'm not the type to abandon a friend. And like Aizawa is like instantly like that's fucking shit. Yeah, it's like oh that's like him. Instant, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> instantly. Mike has gone quiet at this point, um, and so is Aizawa. Aizawa is holding back tears as he thinks about sushi and Obero. Aizawa says that back then he was half-hearted and had second thoughts about everything, and you, Obero, always pulled me along. Kurogiri is like, why the confession? I'm hardly a priest. It's like, I'm going to punch you in your fucking dead face, you bitch. Mm. Like, <laughs> leave my mans alone. <laughs> Aizawa thinks about his goggles, and he used to see... Through those goggles, his current friends and future colleagues, now he's looking through glass at the reality of where he and his friends' ambitions led. Aizawa goes on to say that Shirakumo's death was a result of him not thinking through consequences. Kurigiri's brainwaves start to fluctuate. Aizawa talks about how he's been strict with his students because of the loss of Loud Cloud. 
Mike is like, yeah, but only on paper, though. And Torino was like, what's the tea? (laughs) (laughs) Tell me, sis. (laughs) (laughs) Turns out that all of the uh, expulsions that Aizawa has been known for um, is doled out as a punishment when it seems like the kids are getting responsibility conflated with throwing their lives away. He got permission from Nezu to give the students a little death to scare them onto the right track. It was a it's a little, 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 little fucked up whenever he like smiled when he said a little death, and I'm like, oh fuck, okay. Well, because uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, all right, fuck. Dude. It, well, it, it makes you like get his whole thing with Deku and why he was such a dick to totally, him at the beginning too, because totally, he was yeah. just, like he saw this kid and he immediately was like he's gonna get killed like that kid if he goes out in the street is just smashed he's he's probably fucking right too like yeah Deku without character development is just like absolutely just gonna end up crushed by a building too the amount of times that that kid should have fucking died right but like somebody was around yeah day three of having one for all he would have taken an exceptionally spicy shit and accidentally like shot a torpedo through the core of the (laughs) earth are you kidding me that kid is so stupid yeah without any kind of guidance that kid is like dead a million times over and like we love him on a serious note though when he's talking to when aizawa is talking to shinso when he's training he's like people like you and me when we fuck up we die and it's like shit yeah yeah (laughs) you always do be talking about your dead boyfriend huh and i would i I mean i would too shirakumo is one of the best dudes that ever did dang ding dang lived ding dang rampa (laughs) so aizawa takes off his goggles and crying holds them to his fist and tells kurigiri that uh it's because he wants all heroes to live a long and happy life and not devalue their life for the sake of justice. This is the most anti-shonen message yeah. that this that this anime mm-hmm. has put forth so far. It makes him such a different fucking mentor too because so many times like the mentor character in any sort of like shonen anime is always just like give it up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you need to push beyond your limits. You need to break yourself and rebuild and blah 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 blah. blah. And like that's the message that they send, but this is like one of the only times where it's it's not like willpower and determination. It's like restraint. And, mm-hmm. and you know, I don't know. Which, what is his weapon? Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, there you go. It all connects. <laughs> and, like, again, with the conflicting ideas, Deku's main teachers are All Might and Aizawa. Somebody who, like, his whole thesis is give up your life for the sake of justice. And the other guy is do not give up your life for the sake of justice. And so, like, him like riding that line and learning not to sacrifice his like limbs and stuff. Like he knows that he's got two or three 100% punches if he goes beyond his limits to do those left and then his, his arms are done. And so like the like underlying form of tension for Deku is can he keep control? Because if he doesn't, he's going to just turn into all might again. Mm. And he's absolutely going to fuck up his own life, all of his relationships, his mentorship. If he doesn't maintain, like, like I said in the beginning of this season, a character being overpowered, being a problem is so much more interesting Mm -hmm. than, than this pursuit of unlimited power. He already has a shit ton of power, but it's just like, if you use this wrong, you're going to kill you. You're going to fuck something up. 
Like, you can't rely on backwards girl or else you're going to, like, accidentally become a fucking two-year-old. Like, <laughs> like, Well, and it leads to just interesting, like, side characters, too, because another, like, we were, we're talking about how, like, Aizawa has this resentment and it's kind of weird, I think, to think about that and be like, oh, well, why? Like, this is his friend who died and was just doing what he felt like he had to do. Like, why would you have this resentment? But it's the same thing as like what we saw in season two with Coda and Coda's parents dying. Mm-hmm. Like, you left me. It's it's that feeling of like and, and not only like. I mean, there's the very literal loss of like he lost one of his best friends and he lost this like, yeah. And and we have we have like Midnight making all these comments in the manga, too, about like youth and how great it is to see like these three friends. And and like Aizawa not only had his friend taken away from him, he had like this whole concept of youth and like that those like you know, childhood friendships that you have where you have like the stupid nickname for that like little group that you're in. Right. And then you like, and you grow up and you're like, oh, that was such a stupid thing that we did. But like he had that taken from him. He had his future taken from him. So he just had so much stolen all for the sake of, you know, this one, this one mission that like, like, I don't know. They, they weren't even like the stars of the show. Right. Like I wasn't yeah. even supposed to be here. Sort of a yeah. situation. Yeah, exactly. Wrong, like right person, wrong time situation. Yeah. And I think that's part of the reason why, like he, you know, we see that he's like a really gentle, caring person with animals and children and stuff like that. And so it's not only losing his youth. It's not only losing his future. It's not only losing his friend, but it's also just like the loss of a child in general too. Cause I think he was already mature enough to see that back then. And, and just like, this kid being way too young to die and having mm-hmm. way too much to live for. And so now in the face of like every kid that he sees, he thinks of, he thinks of that kid, you right, know, he thinks right, of yeah. his friend, his dream, like Yamada's dream, like present Mike's dream, loud clouds dream, all ending in that one kind of moment of, of like things kind of becoming too real. And the first episode that we see Aizawa talk to All Might, what he walks away and says to All Might is there's nothing more cruel than a dream that ends too soon. Mm-hmm. And, and again, that was like episode like five. We're on 107. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so this is this is all sort of like everything that's going through Aizawa's head at any given moment. Like you can always look at him and see reflections rippling out from what happened with loud cloud whether it's him choosing to watch the sports festival because he wants to make sure that the young heroes are what they are cracked up to be and he fucking scolded that one hero that yelled at bakugo Mm -hmm. remember all of those things literally everything that he does whether it's like maybe letting momo slide on her test a little bit all of that shit you can trace back like the ripples you can trace back to this one fucking pebble that dropped into this water here and it's fucking the the water is my tears is what i'm trying of course yeah (laughs) but shirakumo if you're still in there the three of us can still be heroes kuragiri fluctuates even more actually shout out to the english voice of aizawa for this he totally like flexes his range here and like the Japanese voice actor is also very, very good. But I think that Chris does an mm-hmm. even better job in his version of it. Cause like you can really tell that like Aizawa was choking back tears oh, yeah. when, he's, when he's saying that. He's not just sad and talking, right? No, that shit was 
fucking hard to listen to. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Boogie, my girlfriend, like put off watching this episode for a while (laughs) because she knew it was coming. Like, fuck, man. Kuragiri fluctuates even more and starts to lose his form as Sukauchi asks him where the Nomu are being made. Uh, Aizawa says that his friend really is dead and gone, but they cannot pass up this chance to get info. He says, where was it that you were altered? Where did they play with your brain? Kuragiri struggles violently saying, I am, I am, I am, before coming back to completely to normal saying, I'm Kuragiri. I do not know what you're talking about. The heroes are dejected and sit back, but then there's a there's a fleeting flash, a sliver of Shirakumo is finally seen. And in the manga, holy fuck, it is it is haunting. Um Shiraku- I th- I think Shirakumo is thinking here, and he says he thinks about how he stated that there's three of us, so if one of us ever makes a mistake, the others can step in and make it better. Um the only word that Shirakumo can get out is hospital before he completely passes out. Outside, Mike and Aizawa apologize that they couldn't get more out of him, but Sukauchi says that this is, hey, it's literally more than nothing, which Mm -hmm. is what we had five minutes ago. So he relays that info to the Hero Safety Commission, uh, who then relay it to Hawks, who is giving twice a lesson. On the blackboard, it says, things about the Liberation Army you should already know. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, he gets a call, and it's like, uh, like something, something at Wagakumo Hospital. And uh, Hawks is like, sorry, can't make it. He's like, I'm going to go get coffee. What do you want? And (laughs) fucking twice is like black coffee with plenty of creamy sugar. I love that. He's like, all right, man, cool. Twice is twice rules. Twice is great. He does rule. And then uh, as Hawks gets out he uh, of that room, he thinks we've got it. Like uh, we're, we're on our way now mm-hmm. to figuring out all of the different tendrils of this place and how to take down everybody at once. Because, again, this is like some Hydra shit, mm-hmm. like for real, because they're in they're lying in secret. And if you cut off one head, two will take its place. So you got to you got to fucking you got to ant man up the ass of that one. <laughs> you got to jump on the Hydra's back. Exactly. <laughs> Anytime that I watch Hawks in any scene now, I'm just stressed. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Oh my god. Yeah. I'm so stressed. I'm just like, man, how does this guy like yeah. how? I'm I mm. I'm like watching those scenes with like the fucking level of like walking on pins and needles as me like <laughs> watching the first season of Daredevil. Like, it's just like, oh, yes. oh, God, yeah, that's a good comparison. If I, the person watching, just moves at all, then everything falls apart. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's good shit, yeah. And you guys are picking up rightfully on what is being put down because this shit is fucking dire. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Um, uh, <laughs> but hey, hospital, huh? Hospital. Hospital. We Hmm. see a piece of shit looking doctor in this hospital as he peers through a glass at a shining light. The masterpiece that he says he and all for one have sought after for so long. What he's looking at is Shigaraki, who seems to be in a great deal of pain. Um, He has longer white hair, a slightly different voice in English and a glove with two limp fingers in it. I think you also maybe forgot to mention the giant fucking thing sticking out of his stomach. Oh, yeah, he has some stuff in his stomach. As everybody <laughs> in a hospital, I feel like, at, in this show has, like, tube. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, I don't know if it's just pumping Soylent and, like, Manwich in there or what, but do either of you recognize the doctor? No, I do not. I don't think so. Very, very good. That doctor... 
Uh, ch- check out our our our, our uh, general chat here. Mm. Oh shit! <laughs> oh fuck! <laughs> oh jeez! Holy shit! Stars above. This is the doctor that told Deku that he was quirkless. Sorry, kid. In the very first episode. Yep. Yeah. Um, and that's why when I, w- I first saw him, I called him a piece of shit looking doctor. <laughs> Turns out because a piece of shit. <laughs> it's fucking steampunk fucking looking ass. Dr. Robotnik. Ass yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he will um, be played by uh, Jim Carrey in the live action. My hero. I want Deku to punch him in the face and just say, sorry, kid, and just walk off. That'd be great. <sighs> So he won't, but he's too nice for that. But you know, and and he is seen in the background uh, when All for One is talking on the phone with Shigaraki, um, like a long time ago. You can see a mustache. Mm. Um, so, so here's here's welcome to Nate's theory dome to end out today's episode. I do not fully believe this necessarily, but I was weirdly eerily. Like, I cannot stress how eerily correct I was about one of my theories on TikTok that mm-hmm. I made five months ago that just recently came true. Cool. Um, like, to the panel. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. there, there is a theory that Deku did have a quirk and that it was stolen by um, mm. this doctor and all for one. So that's that's one theory. There's also a theory that, like, hey, Deku's able to use a bunch of different quirks, huh? Kind of like all for one, huh? Hmm. Mm. And he's got a doctor with him that's trying to, like, develop a, some kind of masterpiece of his quirk or something. Hmm. Mm. Mm. That one, I believe, even less because there's there's actually a, probably some definitive proof that that is not the case. But I still don't fucking know who Deku's dad is, y'all. <laughs> Me neither, if it helps. Inko, we have questions. I know, I know. Well, and it's like, she looks like Nana Shimura, who is definitively said to be somebody that All for One was obsessed with. So Mm -hmm. it's like, if I was fuck, if you were, not if I was, if you were fucking 200 years old and like capital E, every villain is Lemon's evil. Yeah. Like... You would be siring a bunch of kids to be like, did my quirk pass on and become cooler? No? Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going off to business, my love. <laughs> Never coming back, you know? So I didn't want to let it go because um, they never explicitly are like, this is the same doctor. <laughs> but it is the the like bone chilling thing of when I saw this reveal in the manga and like being like, that's that motherfucker. <laughs> so like... <laughs> so intensely strong and uh the last little bit the <laughs> remember that nomu with the wings right that i said was uh yeah 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 yeah. that's deku's friend that they don't see after a certain point that is like the nephew of this doctor mm-hmm. so this doctor was like "Ooh, i want some wings for my nomus snatch yoink and so I'm starting to think uh, these guys might uh, fucking suck. <laughs> uh, just a hunch. But speaking of villains, the next episode of this podcast, we are going to be going over the My Villain Academia arc, the first half of it. We have like three episodes of this podcast left before it's it's Attack yeah, on that's Titan weird. Time. That's yeah. so messed up. Oh my god! There are six episodes. 
and two movies, one of which is not home released yet. Want to talk about what we're going to be doing as like a one-off in the in-between? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I thought it would, we, we were wanting to do, I, I like the idea of doing, you know, bonus episodes and like just like random one-off things. So we're not like always just kind of, you know, doing kind of the same old grind, you know? Um, so serious we're going to business about oh, serious anime. Oh, of course. We are mm-hmm. nothing but uh, anime <laughs> professionals here over at uh, the big three, but uh, we're gonna watch. I wore my anime suit. I feel like I will literally never see you wear a suit. Anyway, um, <laughs> no, you won't. Yeah, um, I think we're gonna I'm be... more likely actually. Yeah, you, you, you and me, I <laughs> think are the look. Yeah, you and me are the two likely. Uh, we're gonna be watching the uh, the I choose you uh, kind of like Mewtwo Strikes Back remake CG thing that they did, uh, and just kind of doing just like a one off episode of that for Pokemon. So. Uh, I'm very excited about that. I don't know if either of you two have seen that remake yet. I haven't. I've seen the opening scene of it. Okay. Um, and I was like, this is so good. <laughs> I have watched it embarrassingly enough, like three times. Oh, it's hell yeah. Good. Cool. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm excited to watch it. I've seen that first movie like a handful of times. I do think. Pokemon the movie 2000 is better, but you know, that's just me. Um, I, I agree with you. It super is. It super is, dude. Yeah. So we're going to be doing that kind of like an in-between thing uh, before we kind of jump into the uh, what I imagine is just a colossal bummer fest that is Attack on Titan. Literally yeah. colossal. Yes. Cam, yeah. I have watched the first season and a half of that show. Um, and yes. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> yeah. It is very grim. It is very grim. We're going to we're going to make it fun. I but, like I'm okay with grim, dark bummer shit. It's good, good though, yeah. <laughs> no, totally. And like, it's, it's, I, it's good. I, I, I like, I like put out like a like a lot of very positive vibes, but I do love hopeless shit. <laughs> this bitch loves near. Are you I, kidding? Yeah. Oh my fucking god, dude! Yeah. <laughs> so next episode, we're covering episodes 108, 109, and one. 10 so watch through the episode sad man's parade here we fucking go dude i'm so fucking pumped (laughs) for my villain academia dude (laughs) so without further ado i think anime good does anybody have any that's pretty all right yeah it's all right anime is so good and the last Mm. thing that i will say for all of you full metal alchemist brotherhood fans out there this this episode okay and this was something that i meant to say before this episode really cemented exactly what who my type of man is in anime because the shit mm. where Aizawa says like my eyes are dry while he's crying I was like this is just Roy Mustang saying it's a bad day for rain I was literally and gonna make that joke <laughs> it, but it I really forgot is. and I was like that is just it that is Jessica Bate um, so anime <laughs> is really good and also that exact type of dark haired man is very yeah. good also <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Please just give me more of them. <laughs> I do I do feel like that I have gotten to a point of being your friend that I can like watch any show and just point <laughs> at some character with like I'm going to say like 99% accuracy and be like that's a Jess character. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, thanks, I guess. <laughs> if you look just look at a JPEG of like Satoru Gojo from <laughs> from Jujutsu Kaisen, it's like, yep, that's also a Jess. Yeah, character. makes sense. It tracks. Yeah, you get it. You get a teacher type and cover up his eyes in some kind of way. You're good. <laughs> I don't know what it is about it, but yeah. Yeah. No, my girlfriend's literally the same. The same kind of way. I think my girlfriend is also the same way. So. <laughs> 
So everyone, thank you so much for listening to today's episode of The Big Three. As stated, next time we're going to go over episodes 108 through 110 for the next podcast. If you like these episodes or think we missed something, hit us up at, at the Big 3 mha on Twitter or check out our Discord link in the description. And of course, check out somegoodshows.biz for more good shows like this one. Our show art is by Zach Russell. You can find their work at, at Cavity Crew. More art from him on the way for this channel. Our music is by Julian V. Their work can be found at, at Jules VZ. More music, hopefully, from them to come on this channel. Um, I can be found at, at Victory Position on Twitter. I can be found at a wild Jessica Chew on Twitter. And I can be found at, at the Candy Man. And this has been the Big Three. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>